Hello, and welcome to Serrated Edge. I'm sorry we haven't done an episode in a long time. We moved, and then we tried, and then we lost the books, and then we forgot, and then all kinds of things happened. So, today we are going to be... I'm going to be reading The Four-Fingered Man by Cerberus Jones. Um, when the school year th- starts, I think we'll have to do it once or twice a week because um, just because we have stuff going on and we can't um, we can't keep up. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I hope you enjoy it. Um, remember this. to take over this podcast. Hey, who let you into this broadcast? Get out of here. Get out. Shoot. You shoot. haven't seen the last of me. Yes, I have. Bye. Well, um, so that was weird, but I think we should get to doing the actual podcasting. Um, see you in a sec. And now, without any further ado, The Four-Fingered Man, Chapter 8. Before Amelia and Charlie could move, Miss Ardman charged out of the servant's door and onto the deck. Her head whipped around wildly, trying to see which way the thief had gone, but she was too far nearsighted to notice Amelia and Charlie cowering by the pillar. Miss Ardman hadn't made another sound. If that had been her upstairs, and who else could it be? She wasn't wasting any energy on noise now. She gathered up her robes until her legs were bare to the knees, then sniffed the air. Her head snapped around to exactly the direction Tom had taken, and she bolted across the lawn, rushing through the hedges. She was fast. Come on, Amelia and Charlie. Come on, Amelia and Charlie raced after her. As Amelia and Charlie came through the hedges and ran over the brow of the hill, they saw that Miss Ardman was already right at the bottom of the slope. It was impossible for anyone to be so fast. She had almost caught up to Tom, who was pushing his way through the magnolia trees only a second or two ahead of her. Amelia pulled ahead of Charlie as they galloped over the lawn. They crashed into the trees almost a minute after Miss Ardman. They'd never been so far down this end of the ground had never wanted to get so close to Tom's cottage, but here they were, crashing through the falling fallen leaves, snapping twigs, not even caring about making noise. It was clear that Miss Ardman and Tom were far too absorbed in their own chase to notice the two kids tailing them. As they made it to the clearing around the cottage, they heard an ominous hissing. The door was hanging open, almost torn off its hinges, and Miss Ardman's scarf lay on the step. After running so far and so fast, Amelia was carried into Tom's cottage 
partly by sheer momentum, but partly by something else. The jewels. Ever since she and Charlie had first seen them, they'd been tingling away in the back of her brain. Now, running after them, those tinglings had become more urgent. Any doubts Amelia had about her parents, any guilty fear about upsetting Miss Hardman again, any question about why they were chasing an angry woman who was chasing a creepy man, all of it was swept away by the sheer joy of running towards the beautiful jewels. Nothing else mattered now. So there was no hesitation for either Amelia or Charlie as they reached Tom's cottage. Ignoring all the signs of violence at the doorway, were those slash marks on the woodwork? They barreled inside. Amelia had no idea what she'd expected of Tom's home, but it wasn't like this. Charts were pinned up all over the place like timetables, but in an alphabet Amelia didn't recognize. Dozens of old clocks lay around, and on a desk cluttered by toy trains and empty mugs sat an old computer wrapped in aluminum foil. Stranger still was the amount of space on one wall given to a con contraption that was mostly dials, brass cogs, and wires. Not that Amelia was looking at these things precisely. They just flashed across her mind as as she stared even more stared at something even more astounding. Miss Ardman was stalking Tom. There's no other word for it. Her body was hunched and poised like a cat's, ready to pounce. Her hands were held like claws, and Amelia remembered how strong and heavy they could be. She almost felt sorry for Tom, even it if he was a lying pirate thief. Amelia held her breath. Charlie was silent, too. They were so close to the jewels. Amelia could swear she felt the warmth of them from here. Amelia looked sideways at Charlie, her eyes huge. What are we doing here? She asked him silently. Charlie seemed to know exactly what she meant. The best thing would to be would be to quietly edge out of the cottage before either Tom or Miss Ardman noticed them, but they stayed right where they were. Amelia was frightened, but leaving the jewels would have been unbearable. Tom and Miss Ardman must surely have known that they were there, but were so focused on one another that they, they barely blinked. They were locked in a bizarre sort of standoff that looked as though it could last all night. Tom's back bumped into the brick wall. Miss Ardman took a step towards him, and then Tom burst into tears. Amelia blinked. She hadn't seen that coming. Tom was now hugging Miss Ardman's case like it was his long-lost love and begging her. But I need them! I need them! Just one! Miss Ardman growled deep in her throat like a dark, chilling sound of a crocodile's roar. She stepped closer to Tom and hissed. Give me the bag, Tom whispered. Tom whispered, I, I, I can't. You must. Miss Hardman stepped closer again, her hands twitching. She was desperate to snatch back the bag, but at the same time worried about the jewels being broken in the process. Give it to me, she said more quietly. Tom took a shuddering breath and raised his head. He looked Miss Hardman straight in the face and said shakily with great effort, I can't, you'll have to, can you? Without warning, Miss Ardman sprang at Tom, hitting him so hard with the back of her hand that he flew across the room and hit the wall, crumpling to the floor. She must have 
had the reflexes and precision of a ninja brain surgery because she wasted no movement. The case was now safely under her arm. She spun away from Tom so that he was turned more towards Amelia and Charlie and opened the case to check the jewels were all still there. As the top of the bag opened and shimmering golden light spilled out, Amelia and Charlie both sighed with delight and began moving closer to them. Miss Ardman slammed the case shut instantly and glared down at the case. You! Amelia cringed, waiting for the blow that would knock her to the wall like Tom, yet still not able to back away from the jewels. But instead, it was Miss Hardman who backed off, one hand holding the case to her, one hand, the other reaching out as if to fend off Amelia and Charlie. No more, she said hoarsely. Just go quickly while you still can. In the corner, Tom groaned and pulled himself upright, holding his head, but focused on the jewels. Miss Hardman swung around wildly, trying to keep watch on the three people in two different places. Stay down, she hissed at Tom. And Tom said the last thing Amelia expected. I'm sorry. The tears were gone. This was the Tom Amelia knew gruff and certain. Sorry you had to deal with me like that. I should have been stronger. With everybody, too. Yeah, I knew that. Well, there goes the interruption into the podcast. It always happens. I'm not going to start over this time. They were talking about the new Wayside School book. Um, But next time, I hope they don't interrupt in the middle of the podcast. Oh, well. Sorry. I'll keep reading. Miss Hardman shook her head. Your kind are never strong enough. I thought I warned you about ever bringing my food up to my room. Amelia and Charlie looked at each other in bewilderment, and then Amelia's lip curled in disgust. Miss Hardman couldn't mean the centipedes, could she? I thought you understood, Miss Hardman went on. I thought you knew how dangerous it was for you. Tom shook his head. I underestimated. About what? Charlie blurted out. Tom looked over at him and glared. What are you two doing here, anyway? Didn't your parents set you straight about trespass? You're mad at us, Charlie retorted. We were right about you. You were stealing, and she proved it. And she can prove it. You're a witness, he told Miss Hardman. You can tell our parents, and then you. He grinned triumphantly. You can tell our parents, and then you, he grinned triumphantly at Tom, will be fired. Tom growled in frustration. Both of you, out of my house now, or, or it'll be me talking to your parents and you getting in trouble. Amelia set her jaw. No. What? We're not going, Amelia said. We saw you. You stole, and we're going to the police, and then you'll be arrested, and... A tremor hit the house, shaking the windows in their frames and sending several clocks crashing to the floor. What now, said Charlie. Amelia stiffened. A harsh wind gusted out from the far room of Tom's cottage, and the air was suddenly full of dust and sand. I don't have time for this, said Miss Hartman. And without warning, waiting for an answer, she reached up to her neck, put her fingers into the flesh of her throat, and twisted. 
She pulled out a small object and dropped it onto Tom's coffee table. The instant she did, Miss Hardman became a towering, scaly, sharp-clawed creature with wide, yellowy eyes and a frill of vicious spines around her head and shoulders. A reptile monster in a dress. Chapter 9 Amelia was amazed that she didn't see and disappointed not to. Unconsciousness would have been wonderful compared to this standing face to face with. She had no words. No, that wasn't right. She had plenty of words. Dinosaur, for instance. Nightmare. Godzilla. Please save me. What she didn't have was any way to make sense of them. The reptile thing sniffed at Amelia and Charlie, then turned to Tom and said in Miss Hardman's voice, they didn't know. You let me uncloak in front of children, and they didn't know? What kind of gateway are you running out here? She shook her head in contempt. Human clowns, I'll be telling control about this, I promise you. She stepped past Amelia and Charlie and shook her head again. Sorry, children. Amelia looked at the sharp talons gripping on to the case of the jewels. The coarsely folded, scaly skin emerging from the sleeves of the robe and let out a little moan of confusion. But Charlie murmured, Where are you? Miss Hardman said more gently. I'm up. And she made a clicking, grinding noise in her throat that Amelia couldn't begin to sound out. Amelia stepped towards her. No, Charlie stepped towards her. But I mean, what are you? Miss Hardman grinned. Ah, uh, the big question. Not the specific one. I see. Shall I tell them, Gateway Man? She flipped her gaze towards Tom. Shall I spoil your secret and tell them that what is your charm that I'm what is your charming word for it? An alien? Charlie gasped and stepped closer again. Miss Hartman stepped back and held out a warning call. No farther. Oh, I didn't mean Perhaps you don't mean to, she said grandly, but look at you all. It was true. They all had unconsciously crept nearer and nearer to the jewels. She had shrunk away from them until her back was against the wall and now his children or not, I will hit you if you come any closer to me. That's nice, said Amelia sarcastically. It's not as if we're going to fall under the spell of my eggs and do everything in your power to steal them from me. Miss Hardman suggested her voice bitter, but nervous too. Amelia jolted. jolted. Eggs, those jewels in the case were. Amelia saw Miss Hardman saw Amelia's astonished face and said in a slightly warmer tone, Yes, these are my unborn children. Perhaps you understand why I was so distraught over them. To you, they're like an addiction, things to crave, but to me, like, wow. I am their mother. I assume all mothers are the same, whichever galaxy we are from. Wouldn't all mothers fight to protect their children? Amelia gulped and nodded. The cottage trembled again, and Miss Hardman was abrupt. I'm going. She stripped past them. All oh, her robes a ripple of color, her tail so heavily spiked that none of them tried to follow the eggs again. She looked back over shoulder over her shoulder at Tom and said, Get your house in order, Gateway Man. Control will have an official complaint from me within an hour of my return home. Please don't just 
Miss Harden turned and stared at him flatly. Just what? Tom was silent. Tell me this, then. If you can't even control yourself around aliens, if you can't provide decent security to an ordinary guest, and they like goggled to think Miss Hardman might be ordinary on any planet, how would you possibly cope with a visit from a time shifter or a band of plague smugglers or Kurskin? The floor vibrated threateningly. Amelia's gaze flashed to the floorboards, then over to Charlie, who looked as dazed and overwhelmed as she was, then up at Tom. But before her brain could even formulate a question, Miss Hardman strode on to the back room. The front door is over, Amelia started, but then saw Miss Hardman knew exactly where she was going, even if it didn't make any sense. She's walking deeper and deeper into the cottage, across its bare floorboards, now gritty with sand, and over to a dark shadow in the corner. She stepped into the puddle of gloom, and Amelia saw that it was a hole. No, a set of stone steps leading down into the ground under Tom's cottage. Come here, Tom, said Tom urgently. Now, away from that room. They heard Miss Hardman's footsteps growing fainter and more distant. And then, as Tom bustled them into the kitchen, the sound of a door being opened and baking closed in. Another great tremor shook the house, and Tom said, She's gone. What? Amelia waits, and then the interruption comes again. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to keep reading. Amelia waited to see what might happen next. After a few deep breaths, when it looked as though things might stay normal for at least another five minutes, she turned to Tom. Tom glared back. You wretched, nosy, pushy, disobedient... He seemed too angry to finish what he was going to say and instead stomped off to the sink and filled the kettle. Well, Charlie demanded his hands on his hips. What? Tom kept his back to them both. Amelia snorted. Um, let's see. She pretended to think hard. How about eggs that make you crazy drunk? Just to look at them, people looking like people, but really being aliens, aliens living under your house, and you getting busted because you can't cope with someone calling Kristen. Kirsten, said Tom, flinching. What? The person I can't cope with, said Tom more clearly, is called Kirsten. Also, he smiled slightly. There are no aliens living under my house. But, Charlie began. Tom held up a weary hand, the half-mangled one, but Amelia was by now so far beyond missing fingers she didn't notice. Let's get it all over with at once, she said. I'll take you back up to the hole and, hotel and let your parents explain it all to you, Amelia staggered. Here's the final blow. After all the impossible, unbelievable things she just had crammed into her head, this was the worst. All her doubts had been confirmed. My parents know about this. I'm sorry, that's a bad cliffhanger, but we read too much. Bye. This episode was produced by Gavin Snyder. It was narrated by Gavin Snyder. The interruptions were by Zoe Snyder and sometimes Luke Snyder. And the robot who tried to invade the studio has been sent to Robot Joe. So everything's good. Um, and I'll see you tomorrow or later today or in a week or I don't know. Bye.